0: let's pray. Dear God, we are all sinners. We all need to know the way to be saved. And so because of that, this is a really important Bible study. It's a very, very important teaching. Jesus, I would just like to pray that you be here, that you open minds and hearts, and that we leave this place with no doubt whatsoever in our minds on how we can be saved and how you did it. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer. In your name, amen. I know that most of you out there this morning have seen this movie, Titanic, about this great ship that hits an iceberg and the tragedy how over 2,000 people die as it sinks beneath the waves. I have a little brother, his name is Stephen, He's fascinated by this story, and he gave me a book on the Titanic, and as I read the book after having watched the movie... I began to to see in my mind how the story of the Titanic is really the story of our world. And whenever I do this teaching, whenever I take people through this Bible study, whenever I preach this subject, I like to tell this story. And it's not a real story, but it's a story based loosely on the Titanic that introduces our subject this morning. Let's pretend, so we're pretending, that Adolf Hitler... Mother Teresa and Lloyd Grohlman are on the Titanic The Titanic hits the iceberg Remember we're pretending this is a fairy tale It's an illustration The Titanic hits the iceberg With Lloyd Groleman, Adolf Hitler and Mother Teresa on it And it begins to sink Now look at the three individuals on the ship There's Adolf Hitler Perhaps arguably the most wicked man who ever lived A man drenched in sin Responsible for more than 50 million innocent deaths A wicked, wicked man So Adolf Hitler is on this ship Also on this ship is Mother Teresa Now when I look at normal, ordinary human beings Perhaps Mother Teresa is one of the more saintly to ever live upon the earth Never married Gave her entire life to helping the poor of Calcutta of India A beautiful woman died an old woman still helping the poor If ever you could get to heaven by being good Mother Teresa would be that person And then you've got Lloyd Groloman. Well I'm not going to tell you too much about Lloyd Groloman Except to say he's an ordinary person He's been good, he's been bad Sometimes he's close to the Lord, sometimes he's not as close as he could be Lloyd Groleman is an ordinary Australian I love sport, I love to see Australia win gold medals at the Olympic Games I love to see my Brisbane Broncos win I'm an ordinary Australian man, I'm on the Titanic as well So you've got Mother Teresa, Adolf Hitler and Lloyd Groleman An ordinary person, Mother Teresa a saint and Adolf Hitler a fiend all on this ship as it begins to go down. But unlike the real story of the Titanic, in this story a lifeboat comes alongside the Titanic and a rope is thrown from the lifeboat to the Titanic. Now to be saved, what must Lloyd, Adolf and Mother Teresa do? Well I'll tell you what they must do. They must get hold of the rope and go across into the lifeboat. Well the first as you can imagine to go from the Titanic to the, to the lifeboat is Adolf Hitler And he would elbow his way to the front He would shove himself there He would get onto the rope and he moves on the rope from the Titanic across to the lifeboat He is saved He will not go down with the ship He is in the lifeboat Well Lloyd is the next on the rope And an unfit as I might be Let me tell you that somehow Holding hold of the rope tightly I manage to move from the Titanic Across to the lifeboat That leaves Mother Teresa This saintly woman And there she is standing on the deck of the Titanic As it goes down And there is too much fear She is trembling She just cannot, will not Grab hold of the rope Horror of horrors The Titanic sinks With Mother Teresa on board And she loses her life Unthinkable In the lifeboat is Adolf Hitler and Lloyd Grohlman But going down with the Titanic is Mother Teresa Because she could, could not, would not Was too afraid to grab hold of the rope And move from the Titanic to the lifeboat Keep that story in your mind now We will come back to it at the end of this study It is very important as to where we are going Today's topic Jesus Saves. And if you have your Bibles I want to encourage you to open to Romans Romans chapter 3 verse 23 The Bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God I remember a lady who came to shake my hand at the front of church one Sabbath And she said pastor she looked up into my eyes she was an elderly lady She said pastor I haven't sinned for three years And I shook her her hand and, and I said, welcome to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. What do you mean, pastor? I said, welcome to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all, the Bible says, for all, for all, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Well, what is sin? What is it that we have all done? Well, if you turn in your Bibles to 1 John... 1 John chapter 3 verse 4 The Bible very clearly tells us what sin is Listen to this Everyone who sins breaks the law Did you hear that? Everyone who sins breaks the law What law? Well God's law You want to know where God's law is? Go to Exodus chapter 20 Now I'll go through it quickly You tell me are you a sinner? Here's God's law Ten commandments God's law The only law he has in the Bible Exodus chapter 20. Let me go through the Ten Commandments. No other gods before me. First commandment. Second commandment. Do not bow down to images. Third commandment. And this is God's law. Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Fifth commandment. Obey and honor your mother and father. Sixth commandment. Do not murder. Do not kill. Seventh commandment, do not commit adultery Eighth commandment, do not steal Ninth commandment, do not lie Tenth commandment, do not covet Do not long for things that do not belong to you Now ask yourself, are you a lawbreaker? I am If you're honest, you are And the Bible says that we are, in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 All lawbreakers We are all sinners Now the problem is this And it is a large problem If you just slip in your Bibles Over to Romans Romans chapter 6 verse 23 You'll find out What the problem is Because Romans chapter 6 verse 23 Says very clearly Remember we're all sinners We're all lawbreakers For the wages of sin Is death You take that seriously If the Bible says that all have sinned And we know we've sinned because we're lawbreakers Then the Bible's clearly saying to us Us all are going to die I want to tell you this morning That we are dead men walking We are all going to die You know the Romans sometimes They would get a prisoner Who had done a particularly bad crime And they would get a dead body And they would tie that dead body to the prisoner And the prisoner would walk around and would survive sometimes a month or two With this dead body, this rotting corpse tied to them Do you know that eventually that dead body would infect the prisoner Would infect the condemned and it would cause the death of that prisoner Always would bring that prisoner to the point where they would die Because they were carrying around a corpse They were a dead man walking You and I, we are dead men walking And the corpse we're carrying around is sin Now if I was to go to the top of a building and jump off it The law of gravity says I would fall That is one of God's laws Another one of God's laws, and it's found in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, is if I sin, I'm going to die. And it's not just talking about the death we die on this planet, it's talking about eternal death. We are all under. We are all under the threat of eternal death because we have all sinned. We have this corpse called sin tied to us and eventually it's going to kill us and it's going to kill us for. Eternity The Bible says the wages of sin is death Romans 6.23 But we need to finish this scripture But the gift of God Is eternal life In Christ Jesus our Lord That is both the worst and the best text in the Bible The wages of sin and we are all sinners is death You are going to die You better allow the truth of that to confront you this morning you are a sinner and you are going to die and you are going to die for eternity. And it doesn't matter whether you want to believe this or not. It's biblical fact, it's biblical truth and it's how it is. You are a sinner living here in Sydney, Australia. You are a sinner and you are going to die and this morning I'll say it again, let the truth of that confront you. But you don't have you don't have to die for eternity. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death But the gift of God He is offering a gift it's, 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 it's a beautiful gift It's a glorious gift It's why I preach The gift of God is eternal life Jesus is saying to you this morning in the Bible You are going to die You better recognise that You better realise it But if you want I will give you eternal life Whoa. I wonder how we can get Eternal life I wonder how we can escape This rotting corpse That's tied to us Well, let's stay in the Bible Because it's in the Bible That we find the answer 2 Corinthians, I love love This verse of scripture 2 Corinthians chapter 5 2 Corinthians Chapter 5 Verse 21, listen to this God Made Jesus who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you know what that means? It means God let Jesus take the corpse, that rotting, stinking corpse that is killing us, sin that is tied to us, that is a part of us, that has taken us to death. That means God let Jesus take that corpse Off us and tie it to himself. So that Jesus would then die the death for the sins that I commit. He would die the death that I deserve because he loves me. No other reason. No other reason. So what does it mean? How did Jesus actually take the corpse? How does he take the sin from me? Well, turn with me to Luke and I'm going to show you just for a few minutes this morning practically how Jesus did this. Luke, Luke chapter 22, verse 42 to 44. Jesus is in the beautiful garden of Gethsemane. Night has fallen. It is the evening of his arrest. He is about to be tried and crucified. And in Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22 verse 42, we find Jesus in prayer. And when you face trying times When you are in times of darkness and discouragement There is no better place to be than in prayer And Jesus knew that the cross was before him He knew that, that, that he was about to go through the, most, the darkest time of his life And here he is in the garden in the dark and he's in prayer Look at what happens here, verse 42 He's praying to God the Father Father he says, verse 42 If you are willing, take this cup, take this death I must die, take the cross from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. I'll tell you what's happening here. Jesus is taking the corpse. Jesus, you need to understand this. This is not theology. This is how you are saved. Jesus is taking the corpse. Your sin, the corpse. He's taking my sin. He's taking every sin, every, every every single sin, every human being who ever broke God's law, he's taking the corpse from them. He's taking the sin from them and he's having it, and the devil did it, dumping the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation. He's taking the punishment for those sins and he's putting them upon himself. And as those sins in the garden of Gethsemane are laden upon Jesus, he begins to die. Jesus didn't die just because of the cross. Because of the physical pain and the suffering Jesus is dying Jesus is dying because of our sins Jesus, I've said it before Jesus is allergic to sin And he has all the sins that were ever committed In the entire history of the world Past and future Dumped upon him Perfect and sinless He had never lied He had never experienced it He didn't know what it was feel like to feel guilty He did not, not know the, the pain of sin That we have all felt And all of a sudden all the sins Sins of all the people who ever lived Are dumped upon his sinless soul And he's in the garden And he's feeling it for the first time The guilt, the shame The pain And he cries out to his father Verse 42 Father If you are willing Please take this cup from me I cannot bear it Yet not my will But your will be done And he becomes so weak That he begins to die there in the garden Before he's even put up on the cross He begins to die Verse 43 says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. If if that angel hadn't appeared and strengthened him, Jesus would have died in the garden before he even got to the cross. Verse 44, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus is dying for the sins of the world. I watched the passion of the Christ with great interest. And the thing that struck me about the passion of the Christ, which was wrong, was the passion of the Christ claimed, you could see it, it intimated, it directed the watcher of the movie to the conclusion that Jesus died because of the pain of the cross. That's nonsense. He did not die because of the pain of the cross. Jesus died in a few hours on the cross. The death of the cross, we're told by Josephus, a Jewish historian, would take between three and five days. As they would hang on the cross in pain and in anguish. Jesus died in hours, six hours. And he was dead. It was the sins of the world that killed Jesus Christ. It was my sins, it was your sins. It was as he took that corpse, he paid that price. That's what took Jesus down. Not the physical pain, as bad as that was, of the cross. You see, you see, Jesus, Jesus died... Not because of the cross, but because of my sin. Because of your sin, because of the sins of the world, and that's reality. Let's have a very quick look at the death of Jesus. John chapter 19, verse 1 to 3. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. Here's a physical aspect on top of what was happening inside of Jesus. And had him flogged, the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe, verse 3, and went up to him again and again, saying, "How, King of the Jews. And they struck him in the face. Angels of God were gathered around that judgment hall, waiting for the word from their master. A legion of angels would have come, Jesus said, and saved him if he'd asked for it. Angels are so powerful that one angel could destroy this planet on his own. And there were legions there, thousands, perhaps millions, waiting for the call from the master, but he let them flog him. He let them flog him they let, He let them put a crown of thorns on his head He let them mock him Spit upon him Strike him He did it because he loved you He loved you with an intense deep love So much so that The king of the universe And that's who Jesus Christ was Would let men do this to him Because He loves you He loves me He's got the corpse upon him And he's paying the price Verse 4 through to 6, once more Pilate came out, said to the Jews, look, I'm bringing him out to you. I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is Jesus. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. Satanic angels in amongst those men. Stirring the crowd up Crucify Jesus He's paying the wages He's paying the wages He's paying the wages of your sin He's paying the wages of my sin And the Bible in Matthew chapter 19 Verse 28 says They took Jesus out And they lay him on a cross And they pinned his hands And his feet to that cross with nails Angels Angels Waiting for the call from their master. Would have saved him in an instant. But I want to tell you as they put those nails through his hands and through his feet. You were on the mind, on the divine mind of Jesus Christ. And it was you, his love for you that kept him going. He knew that he had to pay the the death price for your sins and he would not come down from the cross. In fact, you want to know something? As Jesus died, he lost sight of the fact that he would ever live again. He went to the second death thinking he would never rise again and he did it because of his deep, intense love for you. Jesus loves you You are bought You are bought By an incredible price The blood of Jesus Christ He took the corpse He died the death For you For you For you John chapter 19 Verse 28 Later knowing that All was now completed And so scripture Would be fulfilled Jesus said I'm thirsty And then verse 30 says When he had received the drink Jesus said It is finished And with that He bowed his head And he gave up his spirit So let's conclude this Let's conclude this now Our world is the Titanic It has hit an iceberg And that iceberg is Satan himself Our world is in rebellion And the ship is going down And we are all on it Yes, the whole lot of us Including Mother Teresa Adolf Hitler, myself and all of you But unlike the story of the Titanic, a lifeboat does come and that lifeboat is God And he throws a rope from himself to the world, to the Titanic that's going down And that rope is Jesus Christ It's his death It's the price of sins that he paid for you And all you've got to do is get on your knees and say, Jesus I believe, forgive me Take me and you are on the rope And you are moving from the Titanic To the lifeboat And you will be saved It is as simple as that I want to close with this text Romans chapter 10 Romans chapter 10 And verse 13 One of the great texts of scripture Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Will be saved Yes, if Adolf Hitler had got on his knees Oh, unbelievable, but it's true. This is how precious the blood of Jesus Christ is. It's how rich, it's how soul-cleansing it is. If Adolf Hitler had got on his knees and begged the Lord for forgiveness, if he had grabbed hold of that rope, he would have been saved. Lloyd Groleman, this ordinary bloke, if you'll grab hold of the rope, he will be saved. Mother Teresa, this saintly woman, the only way that Mother Teresa can be saved, despite all the good things she did, is to grab hold of the rope Jesus Christ And as we sinful human beings Grab hold of that rope We give the corpse to Jesus Christ We move into the lifeboat Into the family of God And we praise God are saved That's the story of the cross It's what he offers each of you This morning, let's pray Jesus we are sinners I am a sinner But I am your man Come into my heart Come into these people's hearts. You are our God. We are sinners and in need of your blood, of your forgiveness. Forgive us, Lord, please, I pray. Make us overcomers with you. And Jesus, we choose you today to be the captain of our souls, the saviour of our lives. Thank you for hearing this plea, this prayer to you in your name. Amen. Mother Teresa was a good woman. I fully expect to see her in heaven. The only reason she'll be in heaven is because she grabbed hold of the rope. She made Jesus Christ her saviour. Her good works just aren't good enough. She made Jesus her saviour. He paid the price for her sins and she will be in the kingdom. I believe it. Adolf Hitler was a bad man. The amazing thing about the blood of Jesus Christ is even with the sins of Adolf Hitler, if he had have, if he had have got on his knees and asked the Lord Jesus into his heart, even he could have found forgiveness. I'm an ordinary Australian guy. I do good things sometimes, I do bad things other times. That's not going to get me to heaven. The only thing that gets me to heaven is by grabbing hold of the rope Jesus Christ. And I've grabbed hold of him, I've made him my saviour. Why don't you make him your saviour too? It's a simple prayer, Jesus I am a sinner, come into my heart, save me. You pray that prayer, Then when Jesus comes, he'll be coming for you. God bless.